This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 6, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The trade war between China and the United States will have a few winners, many losers, and leave the two countries with worse relations. Cato Institute trade policy analyst Simon Lester and visiting scholar Inu Monik discuss where trade policy goes from here. Larry Kudlow says the markets should not be overreacting to the announcements from both the United States and China with respect to tariffs. These are in the proposal stages. They're not imposed yet. He says this is uh, arguably not, we're not in a trade war and that everybody should just chill out. Yeah, the Trump administration has continuously given us some mixed messages about what they're doing on trade. And it's reassuring to hear Larry Kudlow say that, hey, maybe we won't actually see these tariffs. Um, but then if you you know listen to other members of the Trump administration, it sounds like they're coming any day. And it sounds like they're trying to both uh, reassure Wall Street so that the, the investors don't panic, but also uh, make China you know, worried enough that they actually cave in. Um, this strategy is, is a bit of a mess. It's, it's hard to see um, how it will actually be effective. Um, and it makes it really difficult to figure out where this is all going. You know, it's easy to look at these tariff numbers and, you know, and, and panic a bit and say this is going to be really bad for the economy. Um, but maybe we'll all go away. You know, we, we've seen this in the past already with the, the Korea-U.S. trade agreement. The U.S. made some big demands and then kind of gave in and negotiated a, a new uh, Korea-U.S. trade agreement that wasn't much different than the old one. So it, it's really hard to figure out where this is going. If you follow markets for various goods, um, soybeans were one of the ones that was hit most severely by the announcement that uh, China would be uh, placing tariffs or is in the planning stages of placing tariffs on U.S. soybeans. And if you look at this uh, Bloomberg map of where soybean production occurs in the United States, it is a vast swath of the Midwest. How politically targeted are these uh, tariffs from the Chinese. Remember, we were talking about Harley-Davidson motorcycles and Kentucky bourbon not long ago, but but is soybean something that is strategic in nature? I would say that China's retaliation list is very strategic when you look at it in the broader picture, because when you take a look at all the industries that have been listed as possible targets, about 54% of the jobs in those industries affected by Chinese tariffs are in counties that voted heavily for Trump. Uh, so it is going to affect his constituent base. And you look at all the other tariffs that are possibly going to be imposed. You have stuff like civilian aircraft and engines and equipment. Uh, that's like about $16.3 billion. The soybeans uh, would be about $12.3 billion and passenger cars at about ten point five. So China has a fairly substantive list uh, that would impact about $49.8 billion of U.S. exports to China. So this is definitely targeted retaliation on China's part. All right. So, I mean, where does this go from here? It doesn't seem like there's any uh, indication that this will be alleviated anytime soon, and it, it's a months-long process to get these things either in, uh, uh, adjudicated in some way. So, so what happens in the next couple months? Well, the U.S. process is, you know, we have a, a, a democracy where we deliberate about these things and we ask for public comments. So we've got a couple months here where, you know, we have to sort out exactly what are the tariffs that, that we're going to impose. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, interest groups will weigh in with that. China doesn't have the same problem. They can just kind of they can just kind of act. So I think but they're just kind of going to stand back and wait and see what the U.S. does. In the meantime, though, hopefully uh, the U.S. and China will sit down and talk about some of these things. Um, these 
tariffs don't have to be imposed. Uh, you know, the U.S. has demands. They have concerns about things going on in the Chinese market. Uh, you know, there are things that China could come back with to say, well, look, you know, we understand your concerns and we will do these things to alleviate them. So in, in some comments from uh, people like Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross have suggested that, uh, you know, a negotiated solution is possible. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing over the next uh, coming weeks and months. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, cooler heads kind of prevail here and we get some negotiated solution. Yeah, I would say the big question in my mind is how sincere uh, the United States officials are in going through a negotiated strategy at this point, because China has basically said that, you know, they had bilateral negotiations ongoing for many years, and the United States has dropped the ball on that and is not engaged. Um, to what extent that's true? I mean, we don't know the level of engagement that is happening. Uh, but if the U.S. is not going to sincerely engage in negotiations, I can see that being an escalation for a trade war. Um, so at this point, we're still in the area where anything could really happen, but there is room that this could be used for leverage to try and bring China to the negotiating table and find a solution to these common problems. If I could just add one thing here, there are three or four big issues going on in world trade where the U.S. has basically said, we're really mad at what others are doing, but we're not going to tell you what we want just yet. And the, the strategy seems to be put, you know, the ultimate uh, the, the ultimate amount of pressure on other countries, um, to, you know, to give in uh, by just sort of making them, get, you know, really nervous about things. Um, but you know, what we're seeing similarly here with China is demands that China do something, but but really not the specifics. And the idea is just to sort of, you know, ha you know have the have these this threat of of tariffs hanging over everyone's head. So when they finally hear what the U.S. wants, they'll cave and say, okay, okay, we'll give it to you. Whether that strategy works, I don't know, but that seems like a lot of what the U.S. is doing on, with regard to China and on some other negotiating issues. Does that itself place uh, the United States at risk when it comes to uh, trying to be fundamentally honest with respect to trading negotiations or saying, saying we're, not, we're not going to get into what we actually want? I think that other countries are going to get sick of this, and they're not going to want to negotiate, um, uh, you know, in this way. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of unseen things going on here. And what we may find is over the next couple of years, other countries spend times spend time negotiating with each other and ignoring the United States because you just feel like you're not going to get something good out of a negotiating uh, negotiation with the United States. And so, you know, what we might see is, you know, the the EU uh, finishing up a trade agreement with Japan, and other countries joining the trans. Partnership, but you know, basically, other countries liberalizing with each other as they get fed up uh, with you know with dealing with the uncertainty that they're getting uh, from U.S. trade negotiators. Is there a product that uh, the Chinese government could say, "Yep, eh, you don't get this product at all anymore"? Because uh, if you if you look at some of the bubble charts of of the products that we ship uh, across the Pacific Ocean, um, televisions is it. it looms large in terms of what we import from China. Of course, those are huge um, uh, supply chains that, that bring televisions to the, the, the public in the United States. But I'm, I'm trying to imagine what would just what would simply end this? I would think that a lot of the products coming from China, like televisions, we could you know, ultimately get somewhere else. They do have – there are a couple of things that they make. They have uh, rare earth minerals that I think are used to make smartphones. There are, there are a couple of things that China has that are hard to get elsewhere. And if China cut off the supply of those, that would hurt. There's also the problem of us needing to borrow money and China often buying a lot of U.S. Treasury bonds. And if China said, well, you know, we're just we're not going to lend you any more money, um, you know, that, that could also be very you know, generally disruptive to the U.S economy. 
Donald Trump has not hidden from the public his uh, dislike of how our trading system operates and the rules that the United States uh, operates under. So is is he winning by losing in a way that is is he is he truly going to weaken the 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 trading system with the World Trade Organization and uh, other organizations? Yeah, I think the best way to think about the World Trade Organization is a set of uh, rules that provide for a mutually agreed constraints on protectionism. It's not complete free trade, but we all agree to to limit tariffs and not to engage in protectionist regulations. And um, the system works well, and people generally generally respect it, and it acts as a check on protectionism. But what we're seeing now is the U.S. government initiating protectionist measures that are outside outside the bounds of the normal rules and China reacting by doing the same. And so when you have these two major trading powers um, playing fast and loose with the rules and, and pushing the boundaries, it just it, – it, it, it creates the possibility that the, the whole system will collapse. And we're not close to that yet, and I don't mean to be alarmist, but it's not good when you have these two countries basically you know, taking protectionist measures that nobody really thinks are justified um, and you know, sort of escalating it sort of back and forth. We're going to impose these tariffs, and no, we're going to impose these tariffs. Um, so there, there's a real threat here that this spreads and that uh, the, the value that the world trading system provides will be, will be undermined um, and, you know, you you know, this 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 could spread to to other countries and people pulling out of the system. So ideally, we can get this all in check and, and get people you know back with uh, playing within the rules again. Simon Lester is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute, and Inu Monik is a visiting scholar at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 